good afternoon everyone <laughs> good afternoon everyone good afternoon and welcome back to a let me just check if i'm recording this yes i am to another porsche cool podcast um <laughs> once again that's steve in the background we're doing this by zoom um i did have one comment which i passed on to steve i forget the guy's name very friendly guy um you'll know who you are if you listen to this again saying that the sound wasn't very good and get steve a new microphone um it's not really the microphone unfortunately it it's when you do these uh, calls through Zoom, uh, and I guess when I'm back in Australia and Steve and I can sit around a desk and, and record into a video recorder, um, that will probably work better, but when we're in two different locations around the world, uh, this is the best way to do it. Um, Zoom still has the best, uh, the best sound out of anything um, out there. It's still better than Skype. Um, but Steve's here. Hi, Steve. Yo. It could be the person. I keep saying it. I, you I need mumble to, you need to speak talk. into the microphone. No, but my, my voice in the last one was actually peaking too high. So I've actually turned my microphone down a little bit. Um, apparently, yeah. you're supposed to give yourself, I'm doing it in the camera now, but apparently you're supposed to give yourself a, a fist difference. A fist difference yeah, between, the, uh, between the uh, microphone and your face. Apparently. Let's not talk about fisting. Yeah, I know. It's not that sort of show. <laughs> Okay, um, so where are we? So this is the Porsche School Podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Barth. Um, Steve is a part of this podcast now. He's been on, I think this might be the fifth or sixth episode, actually, um, around about that. Uh, but basically this podcast, yet? not yet. Everyone <laughs> likes you, actually. People like you. I had a funny comment the other day. I don't know what someone they said. Won't. There's some funny comments. People leave comments on Instagram and they leave uh, DMs or they leave comments on uh, the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel, which is Michael Bath, it's not under Porsche Cool. So if you haven't been to that YouTube channel, you should go to it, correct, Steve? And you should subscribe. You should like and subscribe. That's what people mm. say. <laughs> okay. Um, so we, have, we also have the Porsche Cooled um, Instagram, uh, which is just Porsche Cooled, one word. Um, so have a look at that. Lots of pictures of great Porsches. Um, and what else? This podcast, as I keep saying, uh, if you listen to it on Spotify, you can also listen to it on Apple. You can listen to it on every platform. It's basically on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else. There is no place that you will not find it. It is everywhere, except SoundCloud. It's not on SoundCloud. <laughs> Actually, that's probably the one place. Because SoundCloud it's make me pay. SoundCloud, SoundCloud want me to pay an extra fee, and I, I can't pay any more fees. I pay too many subscriptions every month for all these iClouds and, you know, pod beans and all these things. It just adds up. You know what it's like. <laughs> Seriously, my subscription, my subscriptions per month, I think I pay like $200 Australian dollars a month at the moment just for like subscriptions with Whoa. Dropbox, Dropbox and Apple Music and iCloud storage and, you know, Google storage and like, honestly... It's, it's getting out of control. I was looking at it the other day thinking, how did I get to be so much per month just for digital digital stuff? You can, you can buy yourself some more stickers or ding-dong, whatever actually, it is. Actually, um, and I'll do a shout-out to Nick, and Nick knows who I'm talking about. Uh, Nick bought some, got his stickers delivered today. He posted a picture on his Instagram, um, mm-hmm. and he got the Hoyer ones as well. But see, I bought the stickers. And this is the thing that I was worried about, Steve, when I was telling you. I bought the stickers. I didn't buy the ones that are the lick and stick or the ones that go on the inside of the glass. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed on Nick's picture, he had the ones that go on the inside of the glass. So I thought, uh, maybe I should try the ones that go on the inside of the glass because the ones I bought the other day <laughs> are on oh, just okay. normal stickers. So I bought uh, the Hoyer one, like what Nick bought. I also bought yeah. the, um, the other one which I saw, which I missed, which is a really good one, which is the uh, Solar... Solar symbol, which is on Steve McQueen's helmet when he raced at Le Mans, which is actually mm-hmm. his, I think it was his film production company. Oh, uh, yep. So I bought one of those because it's a really nice graphic. And that's also mm-hmm. an inside sticker. Mm-hmm. Um, i give one to you as well, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bought one of those and I also bought, I bought some more martini stickers. I bought the long, the little martini stickers that, that he had as well at I Say Ding Dong. I say uh-huh. ding dong. So I bought another, um, I bought a martini one as well. I just bought three stickers. That's all. It was only 10 pounds. It's very cheap. One pound for delivery. Um, uh-huh. Speaking about purchases, have you bought anything this week? Um, no, I have not. Hello you to have... my wife, if she can hear me. I have not. So you haven't. So I bought no. a Porsche book as well. I bought another Porsche book. Um, and I only bought it because of that trick that Amazon always does where you have it sitting in your cart. And I always check my cart to see what I've forgotten about, things that I've put in there. 
and mm-hmm. it was um, Amazon UK. And it's the Porsche Milestones book. It's got a bright green color, which I wasn't a big fan of. Lime green cover. It's called Porsche Milestones. Um, not familiar? Not familiar? Uh, apparently, it's quite a good book. Um, so it's usually 45 quid, and it was down to 18 pounds. Somehow they did one of those things where they reduce it temporarily or whatever that Amazon in the UK always seem to do. So I bought that as well yesterday. Um, and that's all I bought. I used so I bought to buy some... tons of those sorts of books and everything, but I just sort of stopped because I never, not, half of them are still in their kind of plastic wrapping. I just never actually kind of, I never did anything with it. So, and they're quite dear once they, you start kind of piling them all up. Yeah, I know. But if you look at some of the ones you have now, Steve, and you mm. probably check on Amazon or the publisher and they're probably out of, pub, out of publication. This is the thing. Yeah. A lot of these books, they, they go out of publication and the price goes crazy. Um, there's, there's two books. If we're going to talk about books, actually, I'll talk about another book. There's two books that I want at the moment. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, two books. This is, I'm talking uh, Porsche books, not Rolex books, because there's a few Rolex books that I want as well. But the Porsche book that I want is Porsche RS. Have you seen that one? Or okay. RS Porsche? Mm, no idea. It's a European publisher, and it's a really, really mm-hmm. nice book. Um, and that's another one which was, um, which was sold out for a while. And then I saw a... Uh, saw it came up on Amazon and it was crazy amount of money, like insane amount of money. Um, but then I found another seller and it's actually not that expensive. It's only like 80 pounds or something. So I want to get that one. 80 uh, pounds, that's dear to me. I reckon 80 pounds? Yeah. Yep. Well, the pinnacle though, the pinnacle is the rough, rough book. The rough Porsche, rough R-U-F, rough, roof, roof, rough. Uh, roof. The rough book. Now, rough, have you seen the rough book? Roof book? Okay, Roof have these books. They have two books. And one is a limited edition, which has a Pepita cover. Pepita being Mm -hmm. your favorite seed insert. So I thought you'd like that one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's about... I'm starting to wonder about Pepita. I'll Uh, I'll go on a rant later. Really? Well, the Pepita book, and I should have the price in front of me, but I think the price is... uh, The Pepita limited edition one, I think, is 500 quid. Holy shit. (laughs) I think that's 500 pounds. Uh, and then they have just a normal edition, which I think there's 911 copies of it. Uh, I think I'm looking at their site now, but I don't know if they have it on here. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know why it's not here. It's not here. But I think the, the Pepita one is this really super limited edition, and that's about 500 pounds. And then the other one's about 200 pounds. Um, but that's a good book Next. to get. I, I, would actually, um, I would actually like to get that book. Um, so what else? That's it. Books. That's all I bought. I haven't got my leather parts yet. I'm still waiting. They're still in progress. I think I haven't had an update about good. Yeah. look really good. Yep. Did you, did you, did you figure out your, your, um, worries about the plastic, the plastic kind of cover over the mirror versus the leather surface? Yeah. Well, I think I sent you that image. I had a look at, um, well, I didn't actually have a look exclusive option who we've mentioned before, who's the other leather part supplier for Porsche aftermarket uh-huh. supplier. They, he posted another image on his Instagram and he actually made the point that he covers the, the mirror and the, you know, the surround of the mirror in leather. Like he actually makes that point. Um, so I'm not sure how he does it. I did ask that question of the guy in the UK, Design LS. Uh-huh. I did ask him that question, I don't know, last week, wasn't it? Before last week's podcast, so a week ago. Um, I'm yet to get a response. So I guess he's just busy finishing everything. I think he's quite busy, busy. anyway because he's I think he's he a busy boy. He's constantly posting like the things that he finishes <clears> on Instagram <throat> and they all look good to my eyes. Yeah, no, the stitching and everything looks good. Um, I saw that he had a picture of the, some work he did on a, uh, for a Boxster. That was the Boxster picture mm-hmm. actually, the Boxster 987 or 986. He did the dash yeah, and he I did the, yeah, and he did the, that's right, the console lid. I still think the crest, um, I think the crest that Linas does is actually very good, but it, it mm. definitely doesn't look the same as the Porsche one, the one that I have. I can't remember. It looks, it still looks pretty good though. The Porsche one's a lot sharper. It's like really sharp edges. You know what I mean? Mm. Like the, it seems mm. to be a lot, the, it's, it's, a, it's a softer, it's a softer edge on, on his than on, uh, than on the um, factory part that I have. Yeah. The one thing, though, was I think I said it to you back in a text, which was um, 
I think if you start kind of wrapping all those kind of bits and leather, you do have to account for the fact that it makes everything thicker. So the tolerances, like I've got a very slightly sticky um, driver's window, power window switch, um, because I had the door spear. I've got a door spear that's covered in leather. Um, so I don't know how, how would the mirror, the flippy lid thing close and open properly if um, it's got like that extra little bit of thickness to it? Yeah, it might actually get a bit stucker. It may get stuck. Mm, maybe. Um, I, I, I remember yeah. you said that about your doors, actually. That's why I really like that part. I really like that uh, surround of the door handle that you've got in leather. It's a surround. Yeah, yeah that surround. I really, really like it. And I really would. The two reasons why I haven't bought that thing is, one, it's not so easy to install. I think um, I had auto has to it. Yep. Yeah, I saw something online about it. Some guy did it himself and it's like, it's really painful to install and I don't know. Yep. I still don't yep. like when people take apart my car anyway, even even if I don't see it. I don't know there's something about it. I don't know, I just don't like it. Mm -hmm. um, and then the thing that you said that it sticks, that the, the window sticks, which I didn't find when I was in your car. I thought it was actually worked fine on that window. You but, did because I actually noticed, um, I don't know why, I rewatched when you took my car for a drive that time on Putty Road in um, Sydney and you were fiddling with it and I could tell it's because it was sticking. It wasn't because you didn't know what you're doing because I was oh, really? driving 997. Yeah. I don't know. I was so and nervous, so nervous about everything else that day. <laughs> Every time I take it for a service, um, the guys always sort of say to me, oh, you got a sticky window switch. And it's like, yeah, um, I know. But it's just an anomaly though, because it's not like the other side sticks or anything like that, but it's just I something guess... to take into account. But I guess this is because if you get a Porsche OEM leather part, which is, you know, four times the price, the actual part, which you can still buy these parts, right? You can actually order them and buy them. Yeah. But I guess that it's the way that they make it, I guess, that they, they, the backing material is not like using the plastic part and putting leather on top. They must do it in a different way because, like you said, the tolerances are quite small. And then by adding another piece of leather on top of the plastic, you're going to get some, some parts, if there's switches around them, where they are going to stick. Yep, I'd say so. But, so, and I oh. guess that's just you know that's just the price, the money you save. You have to you know you have to put up with some some flaws, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what else? What oh. else? What else? Mm -hmm. Okay, so everyone knows that my fourteen day isolation ended yesterday. Or well, if they didn't, they know now. But fourteen days isolation. What happens make... at the end of it? Do you have to Nothing. speak to somebody, or you just Nothing. Nobody yeah. called us, no phone calls. Apparently they do random calls on people, no calls. I have a funny feeling that they do track, your, track you by your mobile phone. They just don't tell you. Mm -hmm. So if you, if, you could, if you wanted to go out, I guess you just go out without your mobile phone and then no one knows where you are. They just think you're at I've home still. In, I've heard in Sydney that um, so <clears> if, you, if you're supposed to be isolating like you guys were, um, the police make random calls and... Somebody was telling me a story about getting the phone call at one was at 11 at night and the other was at two in the morning, checking up to see if you, where you were. Um, really? And I, I know that sounds very invasive, but I mean, given some of the dum-dums out there that aren't sort of adhering, um, mm. it's probably not, you know, they're doing the job, I suppose. Well, it's pretty, like I said to, to you, like I said to you before, um, before we started recording, I mean, going to Canary Wharf shops here um it's pretty depressing like it's mm -hmm. like i said it was pretty depressing not many people and a lot of shops are closed for good they've gone um so not i don't know a bit depressing but anyway the sun is shining here which is a rare thing it's really really hot um london does its usual thing where it gets hot at five o'clock in the afternoon like i don't know the temperature seems to build and then at four o'clock in the afternoon it's the hottest it's very weird uh where in the middle east it's the opposite it just stays hot all the time <laughs> I have to say I miss not being in I, the only thing I miss from Bahrain is I miss the gym there and I miss the swimming pool that's the only two things I miss I think okay should we get into this I'm, I'm, I'm rambling Steve's gone quiet uh, that's it I haven't bought anything else I still need to buy my stainless steel seals um, I was telling Steve that I was almost going to change my mind because I don't want them to get scratched I may have mentioned it in the last podcast um, I've gone back to the to the to the usual thought and I am going to get the stainless steel seals and um, hopefully have they got anything on it yeah it says are Carrera they, yeah they're Porsche they're, they're actual I don't know OEM part so I don't know how it's probably just sticker I'm okay. not sure I'm not sure so it's, it's a part that you could um, order from the factory 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's yeah. actually an OEM part. Um, it was an option on the 997 option list. I saw it on um, something I was looking at. Um, I so I still need it. to buy those, but... Huh? Don't think of it. <coughs> excuse me. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, they're in a lot of Carreras. They're in a lot of 997s. Right. Carrera S and stuff. Carrera 4S. Installation experience. I've done that twice. It's a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I showed you or I told you. I think Nick Nick shared some photos of his. He just did his in the UK here, um, who also owns a 997 4S, and he, mm -hmm. he did his, and it was um, it's it looks painful. You've got to have the right it's tools at hand. I just don't know when I'm going to get the chance to do it, though, Steve, because I really don't know when I can get back to Australia. This is the other problem. I just don't know when mm, I'm going back to Australia. Don't fret about it. It'll happen eventually. I don't know. Anyway, in today's podcast, I think that's it. We've run out of time almost. Is that 35 minutes or <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> I have a little counter here on my screen saying how long the recording time is. 35 minutes? Surely we haven't spoken for 35 minutes about nothing. Maybe we no. have. So what's the, what's the topic then? Just a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, I thought we'd just talk about our, our usual things, things that people like to know about, things that people sort of ask me questions. I know you're starting to get a few DMs from people asking you things, but I guess the main question that everyone wants to know is, if you don't own one, what's it like to own a Porsche 911 or what's it like to own a Porsche 997? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and I guess one of the things that always comes up, <laughs> the first thing, is that people are people going to think I'm a wanker? Well, if people don't think you're a wanker already... I think if you buy a 911, they're probably still not going to think you're a wanker. But I think if they think you're a wanker now, then they'll probably still think you're a wanker. <laughs> so, so, what are you trying to say? Take a good hard look at yourself. It's not the no. car, it's you. <laughs> no, no. I, but I think that's... Uh, I'm sure everyone knows what wanker means. But um, I don't know. Uh, perceptions of Porsche drivers. Um, mm-hmm. In my experience, and I have to say this, in my experience, since I've owned my 911, um, I actually find that people are nicer to me on the road than when I was driving my Audi. Nicer? Okay. I feel That's like really people, cool. more people uh, let me in, like more people wait for me if I'm coming out of a park. If I'm going to do a reverse park in you know, the inner city of Sydney, people used to like beep you because you're doing a reverse park with your indicator on but people just think that you shouldn't be doing one in the 911 mm -hmm. people don't seem to be uh they don't seem to be as aggressive it feels like people aren't as aggressive which which i thought would be the exact opposite um but for me it's actually been different you know what i mean oh okay yeah, cool so you've never um You've never parked your, you probably rarely park your car on the side of the street, but you've never parked your car on the side of the street, gone off somewhere and come back and then discovered somebody's spat on your windscreen? No. I've had that once. Really? In the 993, like years ago, went and saw a movie, car was parked um, on Oxford Street, came back and it's like, hmm, what's that? Mm. That's not very pleasant. I guess, I guess of all the things to happen though, that's probably the best thing to happen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, like basically kind of whatever you just wash it off but um uh i i'm interested like i don't i kind of agree i don't think there's that much kind of a shift um you know for for the type of car that it is and all of that sort of stuff like you go relatively unnoticed and um you know like arguably i'm i'm now in a slightly more ostentatious one with a big wing and all that sort of stuff the color's fairly muted though in terms of white but i don't think you i don't think it really sort of draws that much attention my and my car is as loud as all hell um but i still don't think in terms of kind of getting that noticed by pretty much anybody i have no idea what they think of me they probably think i'm a tool but i don't know so it doesn't matter no, I think I think that's a good point because I think if you're buying a 911 because you want people to notice you, I think you might be a little bit upset because I don't think people yeah. I don't think people in general notice you. I think people who are who are uh, interested in the brand, who are interested in the company, who are interested in 911s, whether or not they own one or not, will actually create a conversation or start talking to you. Um, a couple of times and only a few times I've been at traffic lights and someone has told me to wind down the window and all they wanted to say was, oh, that's a really nice car. What year is that? Um, so mm -hmm. I'm guessing they know it's 
a Porsche, but they don't know how old it is or whatever or what model it is. To them, it probably looks the same. Um, yep. I parked it. I remember when I first picked it up, the car, when it still had the tech art wheels on it, and I went to a ramen place in Crow's Nest, and I parked out the front, and an old guy was sitting there and said, nice car. And I think I had one other occasion. But I think if you're buying the Porsche, if you're buying a 911 Carrera, maybe if you're buying, maybe if you pulled up in a Carrera GT or you pulled up in a GT2 RS and maybe it'll be, you know, maybe it's different. Maybe you get more looks. And like you said, if it's not in silver and white and it's in lizard green or it's in lava orange or something like that mm-hmm. or Mexico blue, maybe people will um, comment more. But I think you shouldn't buy one because you want to be noticed. I think you should buy one because of the, um, because of the driving experience and because of the history and because of all the other things that is, is uh, Porsche. Yeah. I think you, people that know do know though. It's a stupid, obvious thing to say, but um, you can tell enthusiasts sort of appreciate it. So the other side to that coin is that, um, as you sort of say, like I have people like there's an old dude pulled up next to me in the um, petrol station the other day and started talking um, Porsches. I don't. He didn't really know that much, but he told me he was sort of saving up for a nine six four. I was like, oh shit, you're going to be saving up for a long time. But um, yeah, I think. Um, Obviously, the type of person that probably listens to this podcast is similar where if you kind of spot um, a 911 or a 997 or, you know, whatever it is, a lot of people kind of walk up to it. I, I go downstairs to the car park in the um, apartment block that I live at and occasionally I kind of catch, you know, people kind of standing around looking at the car. You'd sometimes find fingerprints on your windows because you can tell people oh, really? are having a little... Yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess... I guess that's just um, people being enthusiastic about it. You know, a couple of people kind of come up to me and sort of say, oh, you know, like it's my favorite car of all time and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, cool. Okay, so would you get a dash cam? So when it's down in the car park, you can see people and watch them from from your bedroom. What am I going to (laughs) do? I think... Look at everybody that touches my car and hunt them down. This is the thing. I like the idea of a dash cam, but I think the dash cam would just make you go a little bit crazy because you, if it's on your phone and you can check it, you'd be checking it all the time, right? You can check it on your phone, right? It works. Can't you check it on your phone? I thought some of them. I thought some of you could. No. Probably. I don't I have no idea. I never. Or is it just recording? Maybe it's just recording. I don't know. Maybe I'm ahead of myself. Maybe that's the next generation of. Uh, yeah, probably dash cams. All right, so perceptions of Porsche owners, I think, I don't think people really think you're a wanker. I think people are envious. I think people look at you and when they're looking at you, they're not really saying, you know, you're a wanker. They're basically just saying, wow, I really like your car and I really like to have it. You know what I mean? But I think, let's face it too, like um, Porsches are a lot more prolific, you know, since they started making Boxsters and Cayennes and McCanns and all of that sort of stuff. Um, they make them in much large numbers and that's deliberate. It's a business. So therefore there's, it's a lot more accessible. There's a lot more people in the brand. So it's nowhere near as, as exclusive plus, you know, whatever that statistic is about the number of 911s on the road that have, you know, survived basically. There's a lot of people that own them. They're not, it's not, you know, one of the, it's not as rare as kind of driving a Ferrari or a Lambo or something like that. Yeah, I think people think there are a lot of 911s because like you said, because of the fact that there are 75% or whatever that figure is of old ones still on the road or people have restored or kept or whatever. So I think it appears that there's more. But, you know, when you look at the sales figures and you see the sales figures of a 911, you know, yeah. they're, they're very minimal compared to that of a Cayenne or a Macan or, you know. Sure. And God knows how many Taycans are going to sell in the future. You know what I mean? Like, so sales-wise, they're quite, it's quite minimal, isn't it, really? Plus, a lot of people can't tell the difference. Like, a layman can't tell because the 911 shape has been like that for 50 years or whatever <clears> it is, and it's an evolving shape. A lot of people can't tell the difference between, you know, a 70s to a, to a 90s kind of um, Porsche. So. True, true. But the one good thing about Porsche is when you go to a, I guess if you're going to a, a, a cars and coffee or a drive meet, I mean, all the people there are Porsche owners or they're Porsche owners or Porsche drivers or Porsche enthusiasts who are with other people that own cars. So, I mean, you obviously get a lot more appreciation when you're at those things, even if you only have a basic Carrera because people are interested in the details more. So they're interested in the little fine details, the things that you've done to the car, um, you know, all those things that we love that, that create conversation when we're talking mm. to other Porsche owners. Um, so yep. that's that's always a good thing. That's always a fun thing. Yeah. 
I mean, you remember that long time ago we went to a Auto House Hamilton Cars and Coffee when I had the car. I think the only one I've been to in the car actually, um, at Palm Beach. And even at yep. that one, you know, the guy was. I had someone ask me about the Fister exhaust. I had someone ask me about the wheel, the color of the wheels, what the wheel color was, you know. Um, so yeah, those things. I should kind of go more. Um, you should. Grant always used to sort of say to me, "Yeah, I don't know, just maybe with baby and stuff like that." And, Life yeah, in general, it kind of people gets that have babies but, but, still go to these things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I realise. Um, the I, I find that the drives are particularly enjoyable, like um, the kind of convoy drives. There's, I don't, there's something, there's something about driving in convoy which just sort of means that you're sort of tooling around with other people around you, as opposed to just kind of, you know, yeah. going up the coast by yourself. I don't. I have no idea why that seems like that much more fun. Maybe it's just sort of following somebody or. Yeah, the one I went with you years ago and, and, you know, because there's so many 911s and there's so many different types of 911s and you're in this big convoy, it kind of, it does yeah. feel special, doesn't it? It really does feel like something else. Uh, yeah, maybe it should, is good. Maybe I should join a motorcycle gang. Yeah, we should start our own cars and coffee. No. <laughs> um, this is your name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, just an idea. That's what people are doing, aren't they? They're creating their yeah. own things. Um, okay, so what's it like to own a Porsche 911? Are we getting off track? Perceptions, expectations? Yeah. I think that's pretty much what we were talking Did about just then. Expectations? Can you remember? Uh, it's too it's too long for me because um, yeah, uh, I think so. I, can you can you remember the feeling of what you thought that it might be like versus the, mm, did it actually live up to the expectations? All I know is is when I first went, and I've said this to you before. I think I've mentioned it once before, a few times before, is that. That first time, and it wasn't driving out of the dealership. It wasn't driving back to the flat or just going for a, like, I think the first night we got it, Tash and I went to Vaucluse in Sydney and drove around to Vaucluse and around the headland there. It yeah. didn't, it felt good because it, you're in your 911 and it felt good. But the first time is when we went to the Southern, to the uh, Royal National Park, uh, which was very soon after I first picked up the car and feeling the tra feeling the weight of the car, feeling how the car handles so differently to what I'd owned previously. You know what I mean? Cool. Like how it went around a corner, how, and this is when it's, this is even when it still had the, the 20 inch tech arts, which it felt much better when it was off the 20 inch tech arts. Um, you know what I mean? It's just that transfer of weight that when you go into the corner, like you said, you know, the braking before the corner and then taking through the corner and it's just that feeling, you know what I mean? And I think until you've owned one, until you've done that a few times, it's like, and also the acceleration. You know, mm -hmm. even though mine's a career and it's not as fast as yours, there's still enough acceleration there to get you excited. And that was, you know, that first drive without a Fister exhaust, with the wrong size wheels on the car, in my opinion. Um, yep. You know, it still felt, felt fantastic. And then when the exhaust was put on and then the wheels went back to the, you know, the OEM Porsche lobster wheel wheels. Um, I don't know. I think it was just, you know, it just felt right. You just knew it was right. And you knew it would be very, very hard to look at other cars after after having one. Um so do you think in uh in your 997 is it like can you tell the difference that it's rear wheel drive uh rear wheel rear, rear engined i think so yeah i think yeah. so i think you can feel it natasha says she can feel it mm. as a passenger she said it feels different like she can she could feel it that the end that the power the engine being in the back she could feel it i'm only asking that because i haven't sort of driven like like I've been in 911s for that long. I'm just so used to it. And I suppose like the, the more mod, well, the more, the more that they kind of um, evolve the car, they're obviously kind of countering that whole sort of feeling of the weight, the pendulum effect at the rear and the sort of bobbing nose at the front because there's less weight and all of that type of stuff. So they keep sort of, when you read like what journos sort of say, the whole rear engine feeling kind of is falling away a little bit. And a 997 is arguably sort of like, you know, somewhere in the middle, like still has traits of the kind of old 911 sort of engineering, but still has a bit of a modern feel. Um, yeah. I think that's weird though, isn't it? Because I remember when I, I remember when the 997 came out and I remember my office that was in Surrey Hills and there was someone who bought a brand new one. They bought a Carrera, the same as what I've got. They bought a silver Carrera and it was, yep. it used to park in the street. And I'm thinking, man, if I had the, Porsche 911 I would not park it in the street ever I remember thinking yep. that every time I'd walk past it you know what yep. I mean and thinking at the time that it was like quite modern and and it's weird though when you 
And I find this when I get in my car, like you think you get into the car and you think, okay, compared to an air cooled, it's modern, but really it's, it's still quite simple. You know what I mean? It's a very, it, it's still a very basic, simple car inside. Yeah. You know, yeah. it really is about the driving experience. It's not really about anything else. Um, you know, the only downside to the whole interior really is, is the PCM unit. And maybe it just didn't age very well. I mean, I don't know what the designers were doing, but it hasn't it hasn't really aged that well, let's be honest. Um, I don't think any of them do. Yeah. And when you see when you see nine nine sevens or you you know, GT threes usually where they've only got the radio, the C D R, whatever that radio is, when they've only got yep. that spectre, they don't have the PCM with the phone dials down the side like we have. Um yep. or like you used to have before you changed yours. But yep, yep. it looks so much cleaner, you know what I mean? Even though that volcano gray is still a bit, you know, is a bit doggy, but it still looks yeah. a, a lot cleaner without the without the navigation. But I think that's yeah. the thing, you know, when cars age, is this what happens when cars age? You look back at them, and I know it's a 15-year-old car almost, but it, it's quite simplistic. It's quite a simple car, really. Sure, there's like electric just, windows and electric seats, but it's still quite, at its core, quite a simple sports car. Which is part of the beauty of it. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, what else? <laughs> so what was that? That's a driving experience. That was a driving experience. So what do we covered? I guess this is like a buyer's guide to a Porsche 911, but I think we're speaking to the converted because I think everyone, like you said, who listens to this podcast, most people have a Porsche already. Um, I would, well, I, yeah. maybe they don't, maybe they don't, maybe they've owned one in the past or maybe they want to buy one, but um, so it's kind of like perceptions, it's... perceptions and expectations. I mean, your expectations obviously grew over time because you had the 964 and then the 993 and they were both Carreras or Carrera yep. 4 and the 964 and then Carrera and the 993 and then yep. you went straight to a GT3 so you basically jumped every model line you didn't get a S you didn't get a GTS you didn't get a anything in between you just went straight to the GT3 yeah and there's um I guess I probably built that up quite a bit as like that's I, because you have lots of money. That's why you got straight. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I have lots of, I have lots of debt, which is <laughs> negative money. Um, no, what was I going to say? The expectation in terms of kind of going from the 993 to the GT3 was pretty massive. I pretty much had in my brain that there's no way the 993 was supposed to be car for life. Um, and I had always sort of said to myself, like, I'm not getting out of it. Then I'd sort of convinced myself that I wasn't, I'd, I'd never get out of it unless I got myself into a GT3. Um, I'd never really driven one. And then, you know, first time I kind of got in one or then when I drove my car and got used to it. Um, I'd argue that there's a pretty massive difference again, like there's in terms of not the look and all of that sort of stuff, but the actual kind of drive. Um, I suspect a lot of that kind of goes down to tires, definitely, um, stickier tires, the sort of setup it it just feels a lot kind of grippier around a corner you can drive a lot quicker around a corner than I ever could have in um, the other two cars um, engine noise um, so yeah it, it definitely kind of lives up to the expectations and it kind of um, gets better I, I was sort of curious about the traits of a, of a 911 I still I, I think they're still prevalent in a 997 in terms of like you sort of said the way that you um the way that you drive it is quite different in terms of 997 to me still does have that slightly um lighter front end the whole kind of notion of you're supposed to break in a straight line as you're kind of going into the corner then you accelerate kind of harder kind of coming out of it um even for like amateur idiots like us um, but you do that very well mate Huh? It's very hard to keep up with you. <laughs> I'd probably argue that they're the tires. And it's funny because I reckon you know when you kind of get it wrong too. Because if you kind of botch it all up and you kind of go into the corner way too quick, then all of a sudden you're just like trying to scrub speed off like really, really heavily rather than sort of flying through the corners. Mm, it's very, mm. it's but like, you know, I sound like a complete tool, but um, it's rewarding when you get it right. Um, and admittedly, you feel more pressure to kind of try to drive the thing properly when you're driving, you know, a GT3 kind of thing. Um, God knows what people really think of if, if they... That, no, it's think, actually why... Um, sorry, mm, go, you go. No, but I think that's what's great about the GT3 is, is that 
you know, you can, and you did it for a while there. You can, you can drive it every day, right? It's, it's, it's a beast when you want it to be, but you, you can actually drive it every day. I mean, you don't want to because yes, of depreciation can. and miles and all that stuff and extra servicing costs. But really, the cost is probably not that much because it's still a reasonably comfortable car, even with the lightweight buckets to drive on a regular basis. Yeah, it's so yes, um, it's definitely durable enough in terms of the quality of it. It does. I don't think just because you drive it every day means that, you know, things fall apart and stuff like that. They're built to last. Um, the practical sort of side of it, which probably something we could um, sort of touch on. My car is obviously less practical, mainly because it's got a roll cage in the back. So and fixed bucket seats, so you can't recline them. So you can shove things behind the seats, but um, for example, if you go for a trip, um, a supermarket trip, you've kind of got to take your little bag and wedge it between the space between the two seats and mm, then just mm. sort of needle it through the back. You can't try to shove it um, from the, the door opening side. It, it's impossible. The boots, the front frunk is um, big enough to kind of fit stuff, but it heats up. So yeah, you don't want to I... be driving a tub of ice cream home in summer. That's, that's the thing, you know, when I go to the supermarket, I, I tend to put things, and I usually go by myself, uh, and mm -hmm. I tend to put things in the back seat. Like I'll put mm -hmm. them in the back floor of the back seat or I'll put them on the passenger's floor. I don't, I put some things in the front, but like you said, the heat in the front, especially in summer, and if you're going a reasonable distance, it gets very hot. Uh, yeah, and I think it does. that's the only problem when you're carrying food stuff that it, you have to be aware of that, a very practical pointer that we're giving in this podcast. But it is actually something that people probably don't even think about, but it does get very, very hot. Um, yeah. But you can't, you can't go for a trip to Ikea, like put it that way. Not, um, I don't know if you did in, um, in your car, but like I pretty no. much know it's a waste of time. Um, I try not to go to Ikea at all, except in Bahrain, <laughs> where we were going there all the time. Um, yeah. I have to say, uh, I, I, I really did understand the, the, the uh, benefit of having an SUV when we first moved to Bahrain last year, when at mm -hmm. the time I was given an Audi Q7, the previous model Q7 to drive, and we were mm -hmm. buying tables, you know, 2.5 meter tables, uh, you know, like yep. so much stuff. And it just fits. Like even this tabletop, I thought there's no way. I said, Tasha's not going to fit. And it's like, it had heaps of room. It's like, there's so much room. You know what yeah. I mean? And and the and that's the thing with the 911. You can't go and buy things like that. You just can't. Um, but you do but have the front. At least you have the front trunk. And like you said, the seats, like I said, it, like you said, in yours, the benefit, I mean, the thing is the lightweight buckets are the best looking seat. Um, but as you know, the ones in the 991.1 and 0.2, the ones that look like the lightweight buckets, but have got the closed ends and they f they fold down, right? Oh, the reclining ones. Yeah. Yeah. So you can at least tilt them and you can at least sort of get better access. Um, some people say they're better. Uh, I have read reports that some people say those seats aren't as comfortable. The lightweight buckets are still more comfortable than that shape. There's something weird about the the top part yep. of that seat. There's something how the seat's cut. It's not high enough. And some people, if you're a certain height, it's actually quite uncomfortable. Um, just go back to tires again for a second, actually. I read something yesterday. Um, somebody said that they put uh, Pilot Sport 4Ss on their 911. I think it was a yep. 997. I don't know where I saw the post. I can't remember now. And then they said that they couldn't wait to get them off because before that they had the, the Pilot Sport 2s, the original spec by Porsche tire, the one that I have, right? Yep. Pilot yep. Sport 2s, yep. which are, I think are up to N2s. I think they're up to generation N2. Um, yep. And they said they couldn't wait for the to get the 4Ss off and put the PS2s back on. That's that the car actually drove heard. that the car actually drove better on the on the tire that was actually specified. And I remember when I got my tires, I had a lot of questions on YouTube that people were okay. saying, "How come he didn't go for the 4S?" You know, it's a newer tire technology. And I said, I just wanted to go with what they spec with the car, what what was originally spec with the car. Um, you know, which were reasonably easy to find. I mean, they weren't hard to find. Like you know, I just had to order them, and they came in like a day later. Um, yeah. But I thought that was interesting because. I thought that you, I mean, you've got the 4S, haven't you? Or you put them nope, on something? I've got, I've got Cup 2s. Oh, Cup 2s, um, that's swapped, right. I swapped my tyres out maybe, I don't know, 18 months ago. Not long after you, I think it was. Um, and I I had the slightly different conundrum. It's like, oh, okay, so it's a GT3. You know, do you just kind of go for the all-out performance thing? 
Cup 2s apparently were better in the wet than the Cup 1s. So I put Cup 2s on it, um, which have been unreal. Like they're so, in the dry, they're amazing. Um, but I must admit, I kind of feel a little bit sort of funny about sort of driving around in heavy rain because I'm a bit worried about standing water. Um, because they need heat, right? Is that why, is that why the Cup 2 is so susceptible to wet weather? Because they need to keep the, they can't keep no, the heat in the tyre? No, grooves in it. Oh really? There's no no water means no heat anyway. It'll be the um there's no there's very little kind of tread on it. Um so it doesn't clear the water. Um so I it was funny because I've got two sets of wheels, um and I was thinking of um putting a set of um forests on the other wheels. Right. Maybe you should have maybe I've, the cups are still better on a GT three. Uh, I've I've read all I've ever read was which is why I was interested to hear what you just said um, that four S's um, the the absolute latest ones um, apparently have the same sort of um, dry weather grip and I'm assuming that means the what, what yeah but I mean they're a great tire but you know if if yeah. Porsche say that this is the tire that should be on your car and that's what they did all the testing in is that the reason why the PS2 is still the better tire for the 997 even though it's such an old tire now. But it's an old tire, but they still update it, right? Because I think they're actually at N3 now, aren't they? I think mine, when I bought mine, and this is a couple of years ago now, um, mine were N2s. So that number means the, the revision number, I think, or something like that. I, so I don't know what the difference is between the um, different generations of N, but I'd say that um, personally, that the old the old... You're talking about a PS2 versus, say, like a PS4. The PS2 is still sort of like a pretty old design. Um, if it was me, I'd be kind of going for the because I think tire technology moves so quickly. When you, I'm no expert. You, when whenever you sort of listen to whatever the, all the kind of car journals sort of say, like I think so much of the um, progress is actually made in the tire design and the tire um, compounds. So there's a. There's a YouTube channel, I can't remember what it's called. There's a guy in the UK that does it um, quite sort of thoroughly. And I find it sort of relatively interestingly interesting. But I must admit, um, how much of that can I really feel as a layman that, you know, I'm not a track yeah. driver or whatever? Um, could I could I really feel the difference between a Cup 2, as, example, for, as an example, the Cup 2s on my car, on dry weather on a Sydney sort of street driving enthusiastically versus a um, a PS4 or an old PS2? I have no idea. I I reckon I doubt it. Yeah. These are all Michelin tyres. I don't know if we mentioned the brand. People might not know what we're talking about. I'm sure everyone does, but they're Michelin tyres. Mm. But this all, this all impacts the driving experience. You know, when you're buying a 911, if you've got shitty tyres on your car, if you've got um, Kumos or something like that on your car or you know, some cheap Dunlop tire on your car, um, it, it's all going to impact the experience, right? I saw a car for sale the other day. I saw a, um, <laughs> I was looking at Boxsters for sale, <laughs> Boxster S yep. 986. Uh, and there was a good one that was for, that came up, but I think the tires weren't so great on it. So I was thinking, oh, that's another couple of grand to change tires over. But um, I reckon it's always a bit of a giveaway when you're looking at used cars. Um, people in, save money, uh, people Porsches. save money. Yeah, you can tell when um, somebody's maybe not quite as enthusiastic when there are mismatched tyres. Um, yeah, yeah, true. But, anyway. but, you know, it's part of the driving experience. It's part of what makes a Porsche, you know, feel special as well. The tyres are important, uh, obviously, because the tyres are so wide as well at the back. I mean, you've got, you got big tyres on most models. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. What else? Driving experience. So we, we touched on this in the previous episode, and I think you just talked about it a bit then. I mean, air-cooled, um, the thing you notice when you get in an air-cooled 911, if you haven't been in one before, is the smell. The leather smells different. Um, maybe the way they used to process leather years ago, the tanning of the leather is different, but they definitely smell different. Um, they, they smell different due to the leather. They smell different because you can smell the oil. You can smell the petrol or whatever it is in the, in the cabin. The the um, oil and the petrol mixture. It's really distinctive, really cool. Um, yeah, and it feels like there's less sound. But don't you think there's less sound deadening in the old ones as well? They feel like there's less sound deadening to me. I don't know if it's less. The car just feels so much more solid. The sound of that, um, the door closing is the biggest thing. Um, yeah. It, the, it has such an air of kind of solidity and I think everything was screwed together rather than using the kind of plastic clips and all of that type of thing. Um, 
which is something I miss, I must admit. Like a 997 is screwed together really, really nicely, but um, you still can't, can't compare it to one of the old um, uh, air-cooled cars. And even sitting in a... something about it feels like it's last, last forever, basically. Yeah, yeah. And even sitting in a 993, going from a 993 and then back into a 997, you feel the 993 is a lot smaller. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. notice it. It is, it is a lot I smaller. Probably maybe one of the other really sort of noticeable and really unique things about a 911 um, is your relationship with the windscreen. Uh, you know, like it's got a very... The windscreen, the, the sort of design of it is the windscreen's more upright and it's a lot closer to your face mm, um, mm. sort of thing. So when you... I'd find when I jump into a normal car, um, just the real estate in terms of the plastic dash in front of you is much longer the windscreen's further away um so it always feels really odd now kind of sitting in um another car because it just the the way that you're kind of seated in the cockpit is so much different to a, a 911 it's really clever when you think about the actual kind of design of it the visibility of it is really um you know amazing yeah yeah true just true. the way that you kind of sit in the thing yeah and the 911 to reverse and things like that, that was the other thing I found, which is quite easy. It's quite easy to see. You know what I mean? It's a lot easier to see than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your car has... I mean, yours sensors. is different because you see that it has three sensors, factory sensors. Yeah. And mine's got aftermarket, which I hate. But yeah. So the factory sensors to... are almost invisible. You know that? They're almost yeah. invisible. They're very cool. <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to find to see if I could actually get... Uh, get that retrofitted because the previous owner of my car had aftermarket ones fitted with a really sort of first generation really ugly kind of um sensors but then i must admit with a roll cage plus a big wing and all of that sort of stuff plus just bad parking skills um i do rely on the parking sensor i know that's probably blasphemous for yeah. purists again having parking no sensors i, I in a no but... no i think it's a good i think you need it I think you need it. Yeah. I don't need cameras and stuff like that. I don't need rear, rear vision cameras and, and, and that sort of thing for me. As long as I've got the sensor, I've been using this. I've had the sensor on the last, both the Audis had sensors on them. So I'm used to that sensor and the sound and you get used to it. And that's all I really need. I don't, I don't need to see what's behind me. In fact, when I, drive, when I was driving the car in Bahrain and it had the cameras, I found it harder to park. For me, it was more, distra it's distracting. more distracting. It's very distracting. Yeah, yeah. So I'd rather not have it at all. I, I just like the, the sensors. That's enough. Um, so where else? So we touched on driving experience. We touched on expectations, perceptions. Um, what else about owning a 911? I guess the other thing is practicality, which is kind of like we kind of touched on it a little bit. You can, in my opinion, you can easily daily um, a 911 um, for sure. And it's the, the, there's probably one curious thing I read on um, just a forum. I think it was a Piston Heads forum. There is a downside to driving your um, 911 daily, which is it becomes less special. Um, I thought it was a really interesting yeah. point of view. Good point. People were talking about whether or not, um, uh, whether you can daily a 997. It's like, yeah, for sure. From a practical point of view, if you kind of have to um, commute in like heavy traffic or you've got to go long distances down a freeway if you live far away from you know your workplace, um, from a practical sense, easily you can but a couple of people raised something which i thought was really interesting which is if you do do that though be be mindful of the fact that um you become so accustomed to it that you make um driving your 911 less special and it's like oh yeah that that makes absolute sense because the more you drive it you know like that feeling of acceleration for example you know like you you jump in your car you get used to it and then all of a sudden you get so used to the power it doesn't feel fast anymore um yeah yeah. Same same principle, which is if you drive it too much, then you lose a little bit of the sense of occasion of driving it. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, because you really do, you know, when you when you take it out on the weekend or you take it out, you know, um, mm. when however often you drive it or you go on a special drive for a day or something, you're right. Yeah. It makes it it makes it more of an occasion. You you really do feel you know happy. You know what I mean? So that maybe that's be like to be you like you don't get to drive your car you sometimes go months between driving it so it must feel super special driving it again it does it does and like i've said to you before excuse me the first time i get into the car after i've been away mm. and the first drive it's just like it does it makes me smile i i get but honestly even in sydney you know i get up and i go to the supermarket early in the morning in redfern uh you know yep. and i just go to redfern and i drive it 
and I'm quite, ha- and it makes me happy just driving it to the supermarket. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah, and then you yeah. walk back and you see the car and you look at it and you think, oh, it looks good. You know what I mean? And then you see a few little chips yeah. that you've got and it's like, does it really matter that much? Probably not, you know? Every time I yeah. put my things in the trunk, I always look at the little few stone chips and think, but it doesn't matter because it, <laughs> you know? And then nah. you drive it and it's great. And then when I drive up the coast and I see my family, when we go for a drive, it's like, you know, it's it's a fun it's a fun hour and a half just driving, you know, up the coast. You know what I mean? It's not, it's enjoyable. Yep. It's enjoyable. Yeah. It's not so enjoyable when you're really heavy traffic, but I don't think any manual car is enjoyable in heavy traffic, um, because you really want to get out of it. I find my leg gets sore. I actually do have to. I do think, and my clutch is not that doesn't is not as heavy as yours, I guess. But I find that if it's stop and start traffic all the time, it's like painful. I find it's really unenjoyable. It's funny that one. A lot of people, when you read about um, different people's different perceptions of GT3 um, as a daily, um, clutch, the clutch is heavy. Like it's really, it's heavy compared to pretty much everything I've driven, including um, 964 or 993. Um, but I still think you can, you can daily it in traffic if you really want to. Um, you, you somehow just become accustomed to it. Um, so like, it's definitely possible. Um, whether or not you want to do it is another thing. It's just thing. the wear on the car, I guess. How quickly will your clutch wear out? Yeah, I don't know. My clutch. I had pedal, my clutch replaced. Pedal to the floor, right? I had right? my clutch replaced at about 70,000, but that's because it had the, um, the uh, what do you call it? The water lines. I can't remember. I've oh, right. Thought. When you had but that. But they had to. Pinned. Yeah, they had, they had to, to drop the engine. Yeah, that's, that's right. They had to drop the engine anyway, so it's like, okay, so while you're in there... Maybe we'll talk about... Maybe that's a good one to talk about, actually. Maybe we'll talk. We'll have a podcast where we just touch on for... You can just talk about GT3 maintenance issues. So people know if yeah. they're thinking about buying a GT3, like the key things that are that are the things that happen, uh, like sure. the pinning of the coolant lines, which you had to do, which that's your it. car didn't cool. have, and it failed, yep. you know what I mean? Um, yep. And other things, other other key service things maybe that's a good one we should remember that one steve have to write that one down yeah, sure. i think that would be a good sure, episode sure. because i know there's people out there a lot of people dreaming of gt3s like me and you know um sometimes it's really painful to go through hundreds of pages of forums on renlist just to find the information you want even though it's a great resource um so maybe we should talk about that in a in a coming upcoming ex- episode yeah, yeah yeah no worries um but clutch is clutch is heavy. It definitely is heavy. I can, I can see why some people kind of complain about it. Um, but I think uh, on the on the other side of that coin, if you're more like me, which is I think you just become used to it. Every any car, same thing. Any car I jump into now and I drive, which is a manual, um, everything feels unbelievably light. And it doesn't. It feels like there's nothing there. Um, and I'm not a big, strong kind of person at yeah, all. Yeah, the clutches are really light, aren't they? The clutches feel yeah. really odd. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the take and everything on the clutch. It's completely different. So I guess if someone got in, I mean, my brothers have never driven my car. I've I've said you can drive it. They don't want to drive it, right? Like Why? I keep offering, I keep offering to my brothers. I keep saying to Tony, take it for a drive. Just go for a drive. We'll go for a drive now. No, 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 I just want to drive it. You know, yeah. just to experience it, because if you haven't experienced it, I remember when my, my brother bought a Subaru um, Forester or, you know, whatever the fast one was, I bought, he bought a secondhand yeah. one and it was a piece yeah. of crap, really. It was like the worst car he bought. But <laughs> I remember how, f- I remember, <laughs> I remember I went on, I, I drove it on the, on the straight stretch of road and it was so fast. Like it was really fast. I thought, oh, this is why mm-hmm. people buy Subarus because they are really, they feel mm-hmm. fast. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the acceleration. Um, and I think, you know, until you drive a 911, you don't really, you don't really know, do you? But once you drive one, you want one. That's the thing. Yeah. There's no going back. There's no going back. <clears throat> What's it like to own a Porsche 911? Well, it's fun. It's exciting. Uh, it's an experience. Um, as Steve said, do you really want to daily it? Do you really want to take away that, that joy of, um, Just the occasion. That, yeah, that joy of occasion that you have. And I guess like Steve said, for me, because I'm not always home or because I'm only, you know, driving the car and random occasions it always does feel like a sense of occasion and maybe that's why it makes me so happy because it does um if i was driving it every day if i was driving it every day i'd probably want to upgrade to something quicker to not to another porsche to a gts or a gt3 or air cooled i still i still want to get an air cooled i'm still keen on the 912 i know i didn't mention it last episode but i'm going to mention i'm still keen on the 912 even though it's Mm -hmm. a classic car but i'm still keen on 
I still like the 993 and I did notice that your um, your 993 for some reason it really never lasts that long it's already sold at order house because it's not up on oh, the, has it sold it's not there on the website yesterday I got a I got a call from um, my mates at order house um, and they rang me to ask me a question about um, the history of it so I think they had um, somebody that was interested whoever got it um, like awesome congrats it's such a good car 1995 993 Carrera 2, correct? Yep, Aventura yeah. Green. I think yeah. um, they said the person had planned, like apparently the previous owner had plans on trying to kind of put it back to normal, which is something I can understand, like it's a bit of a purist thing, but I wouldn't have done that because no. the mods done to that car, even take out the aesthetics, um, they were all um, performance improvements, like a better version of suspension, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Not not to the point of making it sort of um, un undrivable. Um, but apparently the new owner um, is trying to kind of hone it even more, which is sort well, of the direction it was kind of going in. I mean, like I said, the, if I would have bought it and I would have been a great car to buy, I would have just put the wheels back to silver or yeah, I would have bought another so. set of wheels and just kept those ones on the side and did a set of silver wheels. Um, I still like the 993. There is a black one for sale that's um, for sale in Kayama. Have you seen that one? There's a black one on no. the car side in Australia, car sales. It's black. It's got tan interior. I do like the tan interior with the black, half black dash and the tan top. Oh, yeah. um, yep. It's got 198,000 kilometers. They only want 120 grand for it, but it's it's high. It's like the same kilometers as what yours was, but yep. it looks. it's one of those cars that even though it's got high kilometers, it looks really well looked after. Like. And 120 grand for a 993, I think is pretty good. I think at that point in time as well. So what, if it's say like mine was a 95, so what does that make it? 25 years old? Yeah, I think this one's a 96. Okay. So like at that point in time when the car has got that much age on it, um, it's a bit of a cliche, but I actually think it's true. Like at that point in time, you're not, you're not, you shouldn't be buying a car based on um, mileage as such. No. Like, it's more about maintenance because if it's you actually probably want a car that's sort of um driven regularly sort of had everything kind of done to it like had a really fussy owner as you've kind of gone along so whether it's got twenty thousand k or two hundred and fifty thousand k but um, even even steve one hundred ninety eight thousand kilometers uh yeah. over 24 years right yeah. is only eight thousand kilometers a year yeah. You know what it's I mean? Just, so when I you look at it that way, you think 8,000 kilometers a year is, is nothing, right? Five to 8,000 is, is, is pretty like Porsche, Porsche, uh, you know, purist almost. It's like, you're not driving it that much, are you? Yeah. And I think that's where you just kind of get into the thing where your experience of the car is sort of overtaken by your perception of the value of it. Because when you kind of go, oh, it's a low mileage, blah, blah, blah. The downside to that is you're not you're not enjoying it and um you know if the car's kind of sat then possibly there might be sort of more maintenance issues um i think you know you you just want to make sure that you're kind of getting into a car that's sort of been well driven but well maintained and yeah. if it's got high mileage on it does it really matter not, not really you're not always going to have to spend some money aren't you so you know you just have to yeah. justify what you know budget to what you're going to spend basically yeah for sure, for a you know three-year-old car, if it's kind of got like ninety thousand k on it, then that's sort of different. But wow. um, once you hit a point where your car's like 10, 20 years old, then I would have thought that the sort of way that you weigh it up is um, slightly different. Yeah, and see, this is this is the thing different different way of thinking, right? Middle East, these cars come, mm. come up for sale are cheap, like Range Rovers and all these cars are cheap, yeah. and they're cheap because after three years they got one hundred and fifty thousand kilometers on them. Like they yep. drive long distances, you know, they drive to Saudi, they, they to. drive, they're yeah. always driving. So, you know, and they have high kilometers and these cars sell for nothing after three years due to the, the cost of upkeep in Bahrain and also due to the um, uh, market, I guess. Yeah, I always assumed relatively, like I have no idea and there's no grounding for this, but Sydney cars, Sydney's quite like a um, expansive kind of city in terms of to kind of get from the suburbs to the city. So I always thought that... Um, you know, like mileage on cars was relatively high. It's different when you live in the inner city, but, um, you know, like you have to rack up miles um, to kind of get around Sydney properly if you're using your car properly anyway. Yeah, true. All right. I think we'll, um, I think that's it for today, yeah. Steve. What do you think? 
Yeah, I sort of feel like I've mumbled a whole. I think we've. I think we've yeah. gone. I think this may be our longest podcast yet. This could be a record-breaking podcast. This is actually number. Um, we're actually number twenty-eight. One? We're actually up to number twenty-eight. This is number twenty-eight. Um, I think you started at twenty-three. Did you, Steve? Somewhere like that. I have to check back. I'm I not sure. Anyway, this is the Portugal podcast. Um, um, Steve is always here, all the way from Sydney. That's it. There was something I wanted to say. I'm trying to think. Oh, that's right. What I really need, and, and I'm, this is directed to all the listeners, of course. What I really need is we really need um, we really need um, some help, and the help we need is we just need you to um, give the podcast a review on Apple Podcast if you can. If you don't want to give it a review and you can't, don't have the time to write a review, just give us a rating. They have a star rating. You just press one, two, three, four, or five stars, um, and then you just give it a rating if you don't have time to review. But any uh, reviews and ratings we really need uh, just to get um, seen on Apple Podcasts. That's how these things work. Um, so if, if 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 you could help us out with that, that would be great. That would be fantastic, won't it, Steve? Yeah, sure. I've not done it myself, but I <laughs> you haven't done it. You yeah, should. I'm such a hermit, mate. I don't do anything. I'm so non non engaged, non interactive with anything. I mean, I probably don't do it to people either, but I, I should. I should. Um, all right, that's it for today. Uh, this is a Portugal podcast. Like I said, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on Google, it's on Spotify, it's on all the main podcast platforms. Um, we do these once a week. Uh, I think we're only going to do once a week because we're trying to keep all our, um, trying to make sure we don't run out of content. <laughs> we're trying to make sure we don't run out of things to say. And also, it's just the timing, but we're going to do, it's just one a week. Um, last week Let's do one every I, year i'm going to say this because last week the one went up on monday and I, before we go i just want to say i was going to put this one up on monday again but i might put it up tomorrow morning so if you're listening to this it will be actually up on friday um, fridays and mondays are usually when i put it up one of the two days um, but we may put it up because it's thursday here in uh, bahrain thursday here in london i might put it up for friday um u.s time that's about it for today see you steve see you, mate. have a good weekend all right you too you too Thanks for listening. Um, bye for now.